when my daughters were home for Thanksgiving, I had this big talk with them about love over ego. To me, love is when we make decisions that are freeing. When we make decisions on ego, they're usually based on fear, control, something that's not pure. I genuinely feel that we are wired for love. We are wired for connecting. And I feel like the conditioning that we experience in mortality, the conditioning that we experience in the society, it was created to control the masses. I understand the functionality behind it. But for me, neither society nor religion nor any of the tools employed by society are meant to create oneness within myself. None of them are meant for me to achieve my full potential. They're meant to control me, which is fine. I understand uh, the need for order. But why would I look to things that were meant, created, and inspired by ego, by control, by order in order to find the path to myself? And it's not. So my daughters are home Thanksgiving, and my son-in-law laughed because, I don't know, the, the time before that, that we were all together was Christmas the year before. And, you know, I talk with my kids so much, which is kind of the reason I created these podcasts. Because everybody who I talk to is like, yeah, you should make a podcast because I talk so freaking much. You know, I'm not shy. And I wear my heart on my sleeve. And I will tell you exactly what's on my mind and in my heart at any given moment if you're willing to listen. So the year before on Christmas when we were all together, I got so sick of these talks we kept having. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sick of all the talks on emotions. You guys think I want emotions? Just please keep your emotional closet tidy so that I don't have to come in there rummaging for it. You know how to clean it out. Now do it. I've taught you this. Anyway, long story short, now we're back to Thanksgiving this past year. And my son-in-law's like, oh boy. (laughs) He knows, even though I talk a lot about emotions and love and these conversations, I'm, I'm doing my job. I'm instructing. It's not what I prefer to do. I prefer to enjoy the fruits of the talks. I prefer to enjoy. I am very pleasure driven. I want pleasure. I want to feel good. Okay. So that to me is love. So my daughters have been arguing in the car. Um, My oldest daughter got married to her first boyfriend, first everything, right? And she's only 21. And She went straight from leaving the house to getting married and having this life, right? And my other daughter has dated. my The one that's going to be 20 next month. She has dated. She has had a different life experience than my oldest. So come Thanksgiving time, they're all home and they're apparently just something triggered them. They were in the car, the music was playing and something was said underhandedly by my oldest anyway so they come home and now they're kind of just being bickering and i'm like i don't have time for this crap man it's thanksgiving weekend that's all we have is one weekend and you just freaking get along so uh so we go to my bedroom and we're talking and we're just laying on the bed you know and i'm always mediating oh my gosh i swear i i could i could go get paid you know how people go to mediation when they're getting divorced i would be freaking amazing at that i am like i am professional i'm an expert and mediating between people. This is what I've done for the last 21 years. Anyway, so 
we're laying there on my bed and we're having this conversation and we I gave him this talk on love versus ego. At the end of the conversation, and to me, when you get to the nugget of it, when you get to when you peel back all the layers of all this BS and all this hurt that you've gotten to, at the bottom of it all is always love. That's really where you started. So after this conversation, the aggressor, the perpetrator to this emotional hurt was my oldest. When and she was very hard. She's very hard. She always has been. She's very, you know, F you, very very guarded. And by the time we got to the end of it, she was in tears. She was just, she had gotten to her own hurt and her own sense of love. And she was vulnerable, but I think we create all these layers, you know, that ego, ego thinks it's protecting us. We create all these layers through ego to keep us safe from being vulnerable. To We think that this hard shell is going to keep us safe from hurt. And maybe, but it also numbs you and it comes at a cost and it's not worth it. And it's really counterproductive. Um, it sterilizes you. It sterilizes your love. It sterilizes your capacity to feel, your capacity to be passionate, to really connect. So love versus ego. Always choosing love. And... We started talking about in that moment about the decisions. You know, I'm very much a believer in karma. The decisions that each of my daughters had taken that had been ego-driven and how far they each stood from where they actually wanted to be because ego does not care about your purpose. Ego does not care about your emotional and divine compass your emotional and divine compass where you should be where you must be where this life needs you to be that's only found through love and all these ego decisions that each of my daughters had made had just driven them further apart from their main purpose their love purpose and from each other they grew up sharing a room, sharing everything, just being each other's best friend. And little by little over the years, they just, the relationship completely crumbled. Anyway, Thanksgiving was a good time to explain love and ego and to repair that relationship. And I, and ever since then, things have been much better. And both girls were home in January and they were able to just spend time with each other and share a room again and bond after having had that repair talk and thanks at Thanksgiving. So love is and if you check yourself, if you if and I really love this word, I want you to remember this word. I learned it when I was Mormon, <laughs> you know, by reading the Book of Mormon. Uh, the word circumspect. Now mind you, I have English as a second language. The way that I got to be very proficient at English was by reading. I would read and read and read and read and read. And every time I wouldn't understand, I would read with a dictionary in hand. Every time I wouldn't understand something, I would pull up the English-Spanish dictionary and look up the word and see what it meant in Spanish. Oftentimes, I didn't even know what it meant in Spanish, what the Spanish word was. So then I would look up the Spanish definition to that Spanish word. Then I would switch over to the English. So mind you, these are three different dictionaries I have on hand. The English to Spanish, Spanish dictionary and the English dictionary. So now I'm looking up the English 
definition as well. Long story short, this word circumspect was one that I kept reading and I loved it. I'm like circumspect, I think of a circle. I think of the circumference of a circle all the way around. That's what the circumference of a circle is. So I'm thinking of the circle and to be circumspect. So now I'm picturing myself as I'm walking down the path of life. Like there's a second me, right? There's my, my inner me and my external me. So I picture myself walking down this long road of life. And to be circumspect, I'm picturing myself creating a circle and walking around myself, walking around myself, walking around myself. As I'm walking straight, I'm also, a, the, the inner version of me is walking around the external one in, in, in a circle. Constantly checking. To be circumspect. To check yourself. So if you're walking circumspect, you will be able to detect and adjust accordingly. And for me, this idea of love versus ego is, is definitely, you must be a circumspect person to be able to make those decisions and always choose love. There is a difference. There is a peace. There is a virtue in love. Ego has the vice. Love-driven decisions inspire you. They bring you peace. They make you feel one with yourself, one with the people around you, one with the universe. You just feel like you're high. Those are your love-based decisions. Love-based decisions raise your frequency. You feel high on life. That's love. Ego, on the other hand, it's fear. It's anxiety. It's stress. It's worry. It's anger. It's resentment. And all those layers stack up on top of your love. And then you spend precious time trying to peel back the anger, the anxiety, the fear, and da 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 to eventually get back to the nugget where you started, where your inner self is, where your truest self is, and that's love. Ego is the enemy to love. And this is a phrase I, I, I like to use. Pleasure. Pleasure. To achieve your highest pleasure, ego must be sacrificed at the altar of pleasure. Ego must be sacrificed at the altar of pleasure. Pleasure, your highest love, your highest frequency, your truest self. That's what has to win. And that is the altar of that highest pleasure, that highest love. You have to sacrifice ego on that. So think about that. This was my daily motivational for today. The more you are motivated by love, the more fearless and free your action will be. That is a quote by the Dalai Lama. I'm going to read it again. Quote, the more you are motivated by love, the more fearless and free your action will be. Close quote. From my memoir, my two heroes, Mary Alice and the anonymous four-year-old girl 13 years ago, each one had this beautiful quality about them the quality of marching through life to the sound of their own beat. What made them so free, so fearless, 
The answer is love. Both girls love themselves more than they fear the disapproval of anyone around them. Mary Alice was joyous and cheerful. Her optimism had been her strength through health, trials, and countless other moments. It was fed by her love for the clear vision that she held for her life. I met her at 94 years old, but Mary Alice is ageless. That little girl must be 17 now. She will never know how her example triggered self-awareness in me. Her little dance up and down the aisles helped me identify something I had been missing. All eyes on her, and yet she was bold and indifferent to those eyes and opinions. She was focused and steady and boldly did what she felt inspired to do. That became an anthem for me. Written by me. So to close this out, today I went to lunch with my husband. We went to BMO's. So Friday, I freaking wanted their nachos. It's great. I'm a creature of habit. I wanted to sit in the same spot where I went last time when I went with my friend Kaylee. So I chose this corner booth. It ended up being way too big and we ended up moving. There's this group of four or five, that's about five women. And there was one baby. And they're all sitting together, right? So I start walking my stuff, moving tables. Now, now picture this, of course, I am a show. I get it. If you're listening to me, you probably saw me somewhere. And you're like, what the heck's up in our mind? And here you are listening to my podcast. <laughs> so you know what I'm wearing, okay? I just came from the gym. I got this little camel tank top, all right? Black shorts, black garter fishnets, okay? And long, tall, knee-high socks with a stripe on them. So here I am, and, and a little black choker with my little lifting gloves. So I'm looking pretty badass, totally out of place. This is the restaurant and I'm dressed for the gym. Not only just the gym, I'm dressed for cosplay at the gym, okay? Cosplay at the gym. I'm dressed channeling my own inner black canary from the DC universe, okay? So and these women, they're there and they're very conservative. Of course, they're all freaking wearing leggings and tennis shoes because that's like the Midwest, <laughs> the Midwest uniform, man. If you are a mommy, you are in sweatpants or some leggings and some tennis shoes with your blah hair and your blah everything. So they're freaking sitting there looking at me up and down. They look at me because I had to do like two or three trips. I had so much crap. Um, and they're just looking at me. By the last time that I, that I walked past them, they're like laughing, laughing out loud at me. They're just laughing. Um, and they're thinking this ego decision to laugh, to mock me in derision. It's going to make me feel bad. So they're operating from ego, from fear. I'm, I'm weird, man. I'm unexpected. I am, I am something that should only be in a bedroom scene in the lingerie catalog. And I'm walking around in public. How dare I? How dare I? So ego is telling them, man, I wish I could be, no, sorry, love is telling them, just like it told me about that four-year-old little girl twirling up and down the aisles. Love is telling them, man, wouldn't it be cool to feel that free? Wouldn't it be cool to be able to not give two cents about what people think about you and be able to just wear whatever you want? That's what love is telling them. Love is trying to tell them, hey, maybe, maybe I should not care so much. I see her not caring. Maybe I shouldn't care about having my own opinion about this or that. If she can walk out like that and not give two cents, 
maybe that should give me the courage and the little inspiration to maybe change something to accept myself a little bit better. But no, these women chose to operate from ego. Ego's fear, ego's anxiety, ego's trying to, what is ego trying to do? Ego is like the Gestapo, the Gestapo of, of conformity, the Gestapo of, and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. Remember, English is my second language. <laughs> the Gestapo of conditioning. So here's this conditioning Gestapo of, called ego. He's got a little name tag on him. Picture this little Nazi, okay? He's got his little suit on. He's got his little uniform on his hat. Standing real straight, marching like a freaking robot. And he's got a little name tag on him. And his name is Ego. Okay? His name is Ego. And he is saying, man, forget that. You should conform. Because it's easier to say there's something wrong with you than to say this questions the fact that I conform, that I'm conditioned and that I choose to comply with this system, even though I would rather do something else. That's ego. Ego talking. This removes culpability. It removes accountability. Suddenly, I have to take ownership for the fact that maybe I'm living a lie. Maybe I'm living a life that doesn't reflect who I really want to be. Because I've been taught and I've been conditioned to believe that there is only one way and society decides it and I just fall in line and I'm a good girl and now I live that way. I, I tell you right now because I lived that life for a long time. So now they're, they're laughing at me and pointing and just being complete ego drones. And I just smiled. I smiled. At first, the first smile that I gave them, the first trip that I saw them laughing at me, I just smiled at the baby and I made a smiley face of the baby and I was like, waved at the little baby and said, you're so cute and smiled. And then I looked up after looking at the baby and I caught eyes with one of the girls. And she's sitting there laughing at me and she stopped dead in her tracks when I caught her eye. And I looked straight into her and then I smiled at her and nodded. The next time I walked, they were quiet. Wow. And not only does she wear whatever she wants, <laughs> She also isn't phased by our hate. She also isn't phased by our mockery. One me against five of them. And how did I win? How did I silence them? By making myself feel like less than? No. By smiling and acting from a place of love. Love always wins. Love creates our highest pleasure. Love is the goal. And ego must be sacrificed at the altar of pleasure, at the altar of love. Ego must be sacrificed at the altar of love. If you want your highest high, if you want your deepest love, ego must be sacrificed at that altar. My girls are back to their starting point of just loving one another. They've peeled back the layers that were developed over years with ego, ego based decisions. Now they understand the difference and they're making love based decisions. These women, they may or may not understand the difference between love and ego, but they understand the power of one person being unapologetically themselves. They understand that 
one person's identity will not be defined by the reactions or the intolerance in a world outside herself. And maybe, maybe, maybe just one of them, maybe just one day, maybe the one that I locked eyes with will go home and think about that. Think about that moment. Just like I thought about that moment with that little girl trolling up and down the aisles. And just think about that and maybe, maybe be changed for the better. Maybe, maybe just go home and think, you know what? There are one or two things in my life that I can be more bold about, more unapologetically about. That I can have my own back in doing. So once again, the Dalai Lama quote. The more you are motivated by love, the more fearless and free your action will be. My actions are fearless and free because I am motivated by love. I understand the distinction between love-based emotions and ego-based emotions. And I am telling you right now, I urge you right now, walk circumspectly. Walk around a circle of yourself. And check yourself out. Check your motives. Check your feelings. Check your fears. Identify the ego and sacrifice it at the altar of pleasure. Sacrifice the ego at the altar of love. And I promise you, promise you, the reward is fearlessness and freedom. That's something money cannot buy. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. This is your Iron Latina. Thank you so much for listening. Mwah.